The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if your child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. I have had a love-hate relationship with this gospel passage during various stages of my life. I have only just realized this by beginning this sermon about three or four times, to no surprise to my brothers. A few days ago, I felt that something had clicked into place for me and even had a clever quote ready to use. But then I abandoned that idea as well. I was trying to make Luke say what it wasn't saying. This gospel is also not to be cheapened by a clever quote. So what happened to bring me to a place where I could preach to you today with, I hope, any amount of integrity? Prayer happened. Being younger and naive as a boy and teenager, I assumed the literal, that if I ask for anything, it will be given to me. If I search, I will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for me. 
However, I really, I didn't really believe in my heart of hearts that this would be the case. And so I tried to get, find, and to force a door open and barge in or beg and manipulate others to do so. I was eager to see my prize. Meanwhile, God sends me the message while wrestling with this gospel. Is that it? Is that really all you want? Well, okay, but you might be disappointed. Then becoming older and wiser as a later teenager, college student, and even into my earliest years in monastic life, I saw the asking, the searching, and knocking as encouragement to intellectualize, philosophize, to figure out the world and God. I had the opening I needed to be wiser than God. And God says, no, not even close. And I stand here today, my frustration level is a little heightened, for there are a lot of snakes and scorpions that are being handed out, especially to children. So I have been not just asking, but demanding justice for the last three years since I've been back from South Africa. I witnessed so many needs deferred by corruption, deceit, and disregard for anyone but for themselves who engage in these travesties. Then, coming back to this country, I was shocked to see the same behavior, only more blatant. Where is the God whom Paul describes to the Colossians, disarming the rulers and authorities? and making a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Sweep away the wicked rulers and authorities. And if it means taking away a few righteous persons, well, so be it. And give back the fish and eggs. I may think I'm asking for justice, but all I am asking for is more of the same, retribution. I become just another one, creating more travesty. God's sedate response, nope, not good enough. The man who is showing us God's true identity is the same man who forgives us to the point of nailing what a punitive society expects us to owe, including demands for payback to the, he nails these to the cross. He carries all of this and gives his life for peace and forgiveness. The cross is what disarms, triumphs, and even makes public examples of those who are handing out the snakes and scorpions and making a public example of me. Jesus stands in stark contrast to the chaotic and violent desires swirling around him. 
Nothing less than a complete transformation will do for God, but he won't force it upon us. We can take it or leave it. We have a choice. God loves us that much. Yet God's desire for us is still so much more. While we have our own cravings, for which we so desperately ask, seek, and pound on doors, God's hunger is to give us the Holy Spirit. This gift is as natural to him as it is for a parent, even an evil one, to ensure their child's physical needs. The Holy Spirit is the one to sweep away hate and violence. The Holy Spirit is the one to disarm all of us into a life that is not defended, not vengeful, not grasping, not based on greed or fear, but on the enormous life of healing, restoration, forgiveness, and peace. So much bigger and beyond what we can imagine. So much is good enough. A disciple wants to be taught how to pray. Is he looking for a trick, a device, a formula? Jesus doesn't focus on how we pray as much as what we pray. Jesus' prayer is pared down to the bare minimum, and what's important is what we ask, for what we search, on which door do we knock. Often underlying my recital of this prayer is a complaint to God, is this it? I foolishly want more, but what more do I need? It is plenty. It is the prayer that truly asks for our own transformation. We use the plural. It isn't just about what each of us desire, but we're a community praying for enough bread, for forgiveness, and to forgive to not be drawn into the trials of evil, cruel actions, and victimization. We ask for deliverance, but not alone. We ask to live in Christ, rooted and built up in Him, and established in faith, praying, praying Jesus' words with Him. Vengeance, hatred, violence, death, has no business being in our hearts because our one integrated heart beats for God's will to be done in heaven and on earth. Yet the prayer calls for more, for heaven, God's kingdom, to come right here to earth. God's kingdom, not our own. In this prayer, we beg God daily, again and again, to lead us not into temptation, to ask for less, search only in our own domain, to knock on the door of emptiness, but directly to the place where heaven and earth meet. 
Psalm 85, assigned as a response in the lectionary for today, provides a gorgeous image for this. Truly, his salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. What if we are invited to do nothing less than to be what Jesus teaches us to pray to be? What if we allow these few words to mean so much, to spring us up from the earth, to be truth, peace, and righteousness itself? What if within, what if within us they kiss, look to each other for answers, find and come through an open door? Can you imagine? Nope. There's more. Amen.